I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. The commies are starting to get salty. Probably from splashing around in the red wave. It's high noon for Wednesday, December 30th, 2020. And holy moly, what a big day. Follow the podcast on Parlor and Rumble at I'm Your Moderator. Join the info stream on Telegram, the Messenger app, by downloading the app and then making your own link and clicking t.me slash I'm Your Moderator. That's the info stream. It's like my old Instagram. All the stuff I would have posted there, now I post it here. That's how it is. And then there's a discussion thread. If you like that sort of thing, t.me slash be reasonable discussion. All right. So I am late on the old high noon today because I was watching hearings. One hearing in particular in Georgia. They had a bunch of Rudy's people, a bunch of Georgia residents, some expert witnesses, all speaking before the Senate committee. And if you don't believe there's evidence of election fraud, if somehow someone hearing this is not convinced that there is overwhelming evidence of election fraud, watch the Georgia hearing today. It's a few hours long. It's fascinating. It's not boring at all. I mean, unless you don't care about anything, really, unless you're satisfied with the takeover of our country by the Chinese Communist Party and corrupt American politicians like Joe Biden. Then fine, maybe it's boring to you, but if you do care about the country, it's fascinating. And there were many highlights, but. One of them, and perhaps the biggest one, was a man named Javon Pulitzer. He did his presentation, and then he ended up having to present one more thing a little later on, because while he was sitting in the back of the room, he was easily able to hack and access the poll pads at the voting centers that are currently open and conducting Georgia's equally fraudulent January 5th Senate runoff election. He could access the data himself right there in the Senate hearing room. That should be enough to let everyone know just by itself that what the people from Dominion and the people defending Dominion are saying is 
completely false. They've said that there is no connection to the Internet. That is a lie. It's been proven a lie over and over and over again. Will commies believe it? No. Why won't commies believe it? Because they were already told that it was a lie. And since they don't ever look into anything, they just read the explanation that makes them happy and repeat it. They're not going to care about the fact that this actually has been proven over and over and over again. doesn't matter what Dominion CEO testified to. I talked about his testimony on this podcast. He speaks in very specific ways so that he can leave himself plausible deniability. He leaves himself little outs on the way he phrases and states things. He makes problems other people's responsibility. He can't answer that because that's handled at the county level. Or he can't answer that because that's handled at the precinct level. But what he said in his testimony was false. And it's proven false. But that wasn't it for Mr. Pulitzer's testimony. If you haven't seen any of Javon Pulitzer's videos, you should. Javon Pulitzer is the guy that created the QR codes. Those are the codes that we scan when we're pulling up menus at restaurants now because menus are dangerous. And those are the codes that we scan when we're boarding airplanes now if we have our boarding pass on our phones. He created that. He knows what he's doing. And he also said to the Georgia Senate committee that he could tell you by doing forensic analysis of the paper itself whether or not a ballot was legitimate. He's like, with the forensic analysis I'm able to do, I can tell you if the person that submitted that ballot was a smoker. That's genius. So knowing that that level of scrutiny is possible and available and apparently easy for this man to do, then we could know for a fact whether or not the ballots were legitimate just by allowing him to do it. They spent quite a lot of time in the hearings talking about how when ballots go to adjudication and then the ballots are adjudicated, a new ballot image is created of the post-adjudication ballot. And that's the one that gets stored. So when there's a recount, what they're recounting is that post-adjudication ballot, not the original It's left up to what an election official determines is the voter's intent. Now, there are places in Georgia where 94% of ballots were sent to adjudication. 94% of ballots were sent to adjudication. That means that all those ballots... 
are voted based on what the election official decides to mark them as. This is how insecure the voting process is in this country. I spent a lot of time over the summer and all the way up to the election, really talking about how the important distinction when we're judging these these voter rules and these new changes to voter laws. The important distinction is whether or not that change makes the process more open to manipulation and fraud or less open to manipulation and fraud. And all of the changes suggested in all of these states, the ones that Nancy Pelosi held COVID relief back from the American public for for months, universal ballot harvesting nationwide, universal unsolicited mail-in ballots received nationwide. That's what they were going for. And then all the rules in states and localities, the decision, for instance, for county clerks to be able to mark voters as indefinitely confined in Wisconsin, for them to just be granted that status so that they would not have to produce an ID connected to their mail-in voting ballot. All of these changes, all of them, lead to a less secure method of voting. None of them, none of them make the process more secure. And the logic that is always used for this is that any attempt to maintain the security of the election is called an instance of voter suppression. They are trying to disenfranchise voters by not allowing Democrats to do whatever they want with voting rules. On its face, that's insane. But then, of course, they always back it up with, well, we know that votes are suppressed the most in underprivileged black communities. So now if you protest their assertion that any measure to secure the voting process is suppression. If you challenge that, now you're racist. Now you are trying intentionally now because they've brought it up and they've told you if you try to stop this, then what you're doing is suppressing black voters. So if you do this now that we've told you that, then you're doing it intentionally to suppress black voters. And that means that you are racist and we will destroy you. That's what's happening. Now, racism does not come into play in this situation at all, except by the Democrats who somehow believe that black people are unable to follow the same instructions that everyone else has. That's racist. The idea that black people can't get 
state IDs is racist. So the Senate committee got Pulitzer's analysis and it's amazing. It's a must watch. Honestly, it's, it's incredible. You know, it's so frustrating watching these hearings because the evidence of election fraud is so overwhelming. It's the sort of thing that we would have upwards of 90% agreement on nationwide if people were shown it. That's it. All it takes is people being shown the evidence, but they refuse to look at it for themselves because the media tells them it's not there. So then they feel like either they're wasting their time or that they're involving themselves in the same sort of conspiracy that they are always complaining about. And somehow they're just unable to bridge that gap. They're unable to just open their minds and look at what is actually there. It is so pathetic and so disappointing to listen to people tell you how smart and how responsible and how patriotic they are while not examining any of the evidence. They're now fully into the stage where they think that by making sure that Joe Biden is able to usurp the presidency of the United States. That is how they plan on preventing civil war. Oh, yeah, just you guys just are going to have to take it. You guys are just going to have to accept that this is the way it is. And if you don't accept that, then you're starting a civil war. No, 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 no. These people are not looking out for the country and they are not trying to prevent a civil war. That is not what they're doing. The way to prevent a civil war is by telling everyone the truth and showing everyone the truth. And the only side doing that is Donald Trump's side. Where is Joe Biden on any of this? Why isn't he asking for the votes to be verified? Why isn't he out there every day demanding that this evidence be heard? Because he wants the legitimate winner. And he wants the next president to be looked at as legitimate. Well, it's because Joe Biden doesn't care about that. Joe Biden cares about whether or not he will become the next president so that he can save himself and all his corrupt friends from the justice they deserve for the crimes they have committed and continue to commit. They are literally trying to steal the levers of power in this country so that they cannot be held accountable for enriching themselves by selling off American interests to our foreign adversaries. And of course, no one wants to go down for the election fraud that they participated in. And they did participate. 
There is no doubt about that. This stuff didn't happen legitimately and it didn't happen by mistake. It happened because this is how they wanted it to happen. And they told us that this is how they were going to do it, which is another reason why no one on the communist side can engage the actual subject matter because they believed the explanation of the crime before it took place. They've been taught that not only was all this stuff legitimate, it was actually good because they were making it easier for incompetent black people to vote. That's how it adds up in their heads. And again, that's racist as fuck. They're told that all these people vote a certain way. Therefore, when you get almost impossible numbers, you can just say, well, those impossible numbers aren't impossible because this is how much everyone hates Donald Trump. Well, that's interesting because Donald Trump, according to Gallup, is now the most admired man in America. So how's that add up? He's more admired than Joe Biden and more admired than Barack Obama. But somehow he is hated on such a magnificent level that the impossible becomes possible. Just from the sheer amount of antipathy for Donald Trump, impossible things can happen. So at the end of the hearing, uh, Senator Beach, who I guess is not on the subcommittee, raised a motion to have a full forensic audit of Fulton County mail-in ballots. And that motion was seconded and agreed to. So let's see where that goes. I hope it happens immediately. And they're going to have Javon Pulitzer look over all that. What do you think he's going to find? See, this is the part that I just can't get past with these fucking commies, man. And Obamis and Romneys and Maskeys, all of them. Not one of them stands up and says, you know what? I actually would like to know the truth on this. I feel like Joe Biden won. I think people really do dislike Donald Trump that much. And I hope Joe Biden won. I won. Uh, you know, I voted for him. I would love for them to say that and be honest about it and say, but you know what? There's too much here. And in the interest of the country moving forward from this moment, I think that we should have all of this reviewed. How hard is that? How hard is that? They don't want to know the truth because they already know the truth. That's the thing. I don't know how these people could honestly say that they believe there's no problem. And so they don't say that. They say, well, the courts haven't taken it up. If there was a problem, the courts would take it up. If there was a problem, the news would be talking about it. Hey, man, just admit that you're a liar and you only care about having your needs met. 
You don't care about the country. You don't care about the election. And you don't care about people's right to vote. Unless it's people you think will vote with you. Be honest about it. Not wanting to look is an admission of guilt. It's an admission that you know the process was fraudulent. And they try to cover it. They try to say, well, you know, if we go into this, it's really going to really going to hurt people's faith in the election. What? No, that's how you restore people's faith is you show them the proof. You tell them the truth. I'm not going to keep rhyming, although maybe I could. But in every place in question, there are Democrats and some complicit Republicans making sure that people can't get access to that information. And no one is worse than Brad Raffensperger in Georgia. And he did not have a good morning. That guy is a criminal. And he should spend the rest of his life in prison. And he may well do that. All of these people need to be removed from positions of power as quickly as possible. And Stacey Abrams is another one. I forgot to say it the other day, but it turns out that Stacey Abrams' own sister is a judge in Georgia who shut down the ability for election officials to challenge the votes of people voting outside of their registered district. Like, that's so simple. But nope, not good enough for the Stacey Abrams fraud machine. Don't want to throw a wrench in there. They have it all set up just perfect so no one can ever tell that they're committing mass fraud, even though everyone can see it right out in the open. This isn't even, at this point, trying to hide a crime. This is trying to overpower the ability for the American people to achieve justice. The crime is no longer in question. You know, these, these hearings are always fortifying and, and interesting because seeing how deep this corruption goes, it's almost impressive. It's hard to even imagine the scale until you watch these hearings and you see it play out. But they're just trying to overpower this. They think they can run out the clock. They think they have enough control of the courts, enough control of the attorney general's offices, enough control of the secretary of state's secretaries of state. Enough control over the Congress, real national level politicians completely compromised either to American interests who have paid them off or spied on them and can shame them into oblivion or the Chinese Communist Party doing the same. Every single 
powerful institution in this world is lined up against Donald Trump. They hate Donald Trump. They have tried to destroy Donald Trump. The reason they hate him is that he is an existential threat to their stranglehold on corrupt power. And that is why all of us love him. Because we can see the corruption and we can see their stranglehold on power. And we say, no, that's not how it's supposed to work. And we actually do like our freedom. And we do like the idea that our needs might be met by the people representing us. I know that's a very quaint notion now. Oh, well, it's a different world than when we wrote the Constitution. Every commie imagines that history started whenever they want it to and that history can just be wiped away anytime they want. The New York Times literally tried to retell the story of our country in the 1619 Project by making the entire motivation for our country's existence in the first place to be protecting systems of racism. That is utterly insane. A total revision of history. But at the same time, they also believe that they live outside of history. That somehow the problems that people confronted 250 years ago are so different than the ones that we confront now, but they're not. This isn't about late stage capitalism or any of those other silly excuses. This is about, and the Constitution was about, the ability to curtail the abuse of power. That is a moral question. We have forgotten to talk about morals. We've forgotten how to talk about morals. And part of that, even as an atheist, I will admit, is the diminishment of religious culture. Because even if I don't agree with those morals or how they reached them, they at least have some common understanding of what things are supposed to be. Without any common understanding, we have nihilism. Everybody just does what they want and justifies it however they like. And on a uh, society-wide scale, that's a very, very dangerous thing. And so the more you dilute what the Constitution was set up to do, the further you step away from any sort of common understanding, any sort of like touch point, a home base of morality, the further away you get from that, the more impossible it is to function as a society. You can only be controlled at that point from the top down. And that's what you have in places like China. I don't really want to see America go down that route, but that's the route we're headed down. It's very dangerous. Like, yes, in a capitalist system, greedy, malicious actors can abuse the system to their own benefit and to the harm of others. That's true. 
But that's also true in every system. The idea that somehow socialism is immune to that is crazy. Socialism is more susceptible to that because the power is concentrated at the top. So it takes fewer malicious actors. Especially if those malicious actors are working in unison with other malicious actors. That's why top-down societies are so consistently awful. But you can't impose morality on societies. You can institute fair systems of rule, which is what the Constitution attempts to do and has always attempted to do. And if we can keep circling around the Constitution and using that as the path forward, then we can make the necessary changes just by convincing other people that the changes are necessary. That's just consensus building. That's how it's supposed to work. You cannot say that you treasure democracy if you don't care about consensus being reached before changing all the shit, which is exactly what they did in Pennsylvania and what they did in Georgia. There was no, there was no building of consensus. They just wrote new rules and then abused them. That's the worst possible scenario. The Constitution can be changed. It has a system for changing it right inside it. Why doesn't anybody ever try to pass constitutional amendments anymore? Well, because it's too hard to reach consensus. Okay, well, then I guess you can't change anything. If you don't want to build the consensus, then you can't change anything. That's how that process is supposed to work. That's why it stays safe and stable and secure. If you can just change things willy-nilly, then whoever has the power can set the rules, including setting the rules to keep them in power, which is exactly what we have. Now, thank goodness Josh Hawley has considered the morality of this situation, and he announced this morning that he is going to object on January 6th in the Senate. Congratulations to him. Josh Hawley, I think, is my favorite person in Congress. And by Congress, I mean the House and the Senate, like Congress with the big C. He's right up there. He says what needs to be said. He's fearless. And he says it clearly, and he does what needs to be done. What he is doing is morally right, and it is fulfilling his duty as he swore by oath to the Constitution. That's what he's doing. And so immediately he gets attacked by, of course, people like Amy Klobuchar. And man, I was open to Amy Klobuchar in the primaries. I really was. I donated to her. I talked about her. But this is pathetic. She's calling what he's doing an attempt at a coup. And that he's doing it so that he becomes the front runner in 2024 in the Republican Party. That's insane. That's insulting. It is amazing that something like that can be looked down upon. 
Why can't he object? Because that's going to throw the result into question. Oh, really? That's exactly what it already is. It's already in question. It's already in doubt. But Josh Hawley can't object. Why not? If you have the votes, just prove them. If the results are what you say they are, just prove it. It's that simple. There is no evidence that Joe Biden won the election. The media says it. The polls before the election indicated that that could happen. But that's it. That's where the evidence stops. Because we certainly can't trust the counts anywhere. And telling us that we just have to trust them is crazy. And that we have to trust that everyone in the judiciary is faithful to their oath and that they're honest people. We have to trust that? No, thank you. We have to trust Brad Raffensperger and Gabe Sterling and Brian Kemp and Tom Wolf and Gretchen fucking Whitmer? No, no, we don't have to trust them. We have to trust the evidence. And if they're not providing the evidence, then they are saying, don't trust us. Josh Hawley is doing exactly the right thing. That is not an attempt at a coup. Stealing an election is an attempt at a coup. Not allowing the citizens to see how the election was stolen is an attempt at a coup. And now, this is just the worst. But it seems to be the case that Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell are working on a deal to change the rules for January 6th and block these objections. That's preposterous. If you want to start a civil war, there are a few things better equipped to do that than changing the rules. <laughs> it's almost impossible to believe this is even being considered. But they're going to try to change the rules for what happens on January 6th. Again, that is crazy. I would like to see them try. I don't know what kind of whirlwind these people are prepared to reap, but they are going to be reaping the whirlwind. Maybe they're all just trying to keep their asses out of jail. And I guess on a totally self-serving level, I can understand that. But it's not going to work. I don't see why people have not come out against all of this just to try to save their own asses. That's a better bet at this point. It's amazing to me that so many people have bet on Joe Biden and the Democratic Party to save their asses. They bet on China to save their asses. I'm not sure what bigger shame they could be hiding. No one needs to stay in public life. Like if they've done the worst possible things and China's going to out them on it, I don't know. Take it. Leave public life. 
try to work out a deal and save your ass with the Trump team. Come forward as a whistleblower. Otherwise, these people are just going to live their lives in shame. Who's going to look at Eric Swalwell and think, oh, what a good guy that is. Who's going to look at Nancy Pelosi that way? These people shouldn't be able to walk down the street. But I guess we'll see. Still a lot left to play out, and it is all going in one direction, and I love it. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com. Or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range.
It's hot.